Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Runes, all from Rotters, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Writer's block looms like a sharp-clawed monster over every writer. A daily discipline, no day without lines, is extremely helpful. No matter how many words we schedule for a particular day, our lines for a particular day, our pages for a particular day. Nola dies senilinea is our mantra, right? We can overcome a simple refusal to write by maintaining discipline and side projects and our escapes when we're overwhelmed. We can defeat procrastination by overcoming the twin fears of failure and of judgment. If our worries are failure and judgment, those problems are not with our writing but are inside ourselves. Root them out. Our writing is for us, not anyone else. Not for anyone else's judgment and for us to improve whatever weaknesses we see. When people point out weaknesses to us, consider these learning opportunities and keep improving. We've reached the slimy cave of that horrible, terrible monster that can destroy everything not just our writing, but our hopes and joys. Top three writer's block, which is inertia. And inertia kills words and contentment, plans and dreams, grace and well-being. Yet we can and must defeat inertia. Here's how. Writer's inertia is the most insidious form of writer's block. This one is the true monster, a slimy monster of stagnation. Inertia is the tendency to do nothing, the tendency to remain unchanged. Oh, these two types of inertia, these are the real bad boys. Wanting to do nothing, a sign of depression. Here are four healthy habits that can lift away lethargy and the doldrums. First, Get sunshine or your vitamin D. Get outside for 30 minutes per day. If it's cloudy, stay outside an extra 15 minutes. In deep winter, increase that amount of time or take a vitamin D plus K supplement. Give the supplement time to work. The sunshine will have an effect within three days. Real sunshine is always better than a supplement, but if it's deep winter, and you're in a northern latitude, get that D with K supplement. Get in your 30 minutes, yet see no change. Second, cut your sugar intake. Remember that starches, potatoes, rice, pasta, and breads convert rapidly to sugar. Sugar gives a one-hour high, then dumps you for four hours at minimum. Artificial and lab-made sugar is worse than cane sugar at all costs. Avoid high fructose corn syrup and the artificial sweeteners that raise blood sugar. And they all raise blood sugar. Don't believe the hype. 
We can have sugar, but we don't need to have it at every meal, and we don't need to snack. Got sunshine? Cut sugar? After a week, still no change. Third, check water intake. 64 ounces minimum. Make sure to drink filtered water. Pick one of the non-fluoridated forms, osmosis filtered, or distilled, or spring water. I find water with minerals or electrolytes best of all. Notice, no carbonation, no energy drinks, no sugar, no fillers or other additives. Do not count the cup of coffee at breakfast or the glass of tea at lunch or the glass of wine at dinner. 64 ounces of water is in addition to these other drinks. If you're one of those who need to flavor your water, then use organic citrus or fruits. The grated rind and slices of an organic lemon with filtered water poured over, this should be the go-to refreshment throughout the day. Mint tea is also good and wonderfully warming during cold weather. See that word refreshment? That's the point. Not a sugar high. Not a sweet incentive. Not a surge. Not bland. Water with citrus or mint recharges us steadily. Pay attention to the intake of water. Quality matters. Quantity matters. We should drink 32 ounces, a quart or a liter, within an hour of waking up. We've gotten dehydrated while we slept. We should try for another pint, 16 ounces, by noon. Another pint by dinner leaves us with an extra cup or two before we go to sleep, and we're over our requirement, which is always good. Yes, our bladders will send us running for the first week or so, but eventually it will learn the new schedule. Curiously enough, our bodies will realize hydration is now a regular thing, and not hold on to the water at the cellular level. Drinking water when we don't feel well is hard. Keep at it. Fourth, walk for 30 minutes. Slow or fast, doesn't matter. If we sweat, yes, sweat, add a minimum of one 8-ounce glass to our water intake for every 15 minutes of sweat-inducing exercises. As we work at our desk or in a chair with a laptop on our knees or on a little cart, Get up every 35 or 45 minutes or so. Sitting too long is even more detrimental than exercise exhaustion. Work 45 sitting, break 10 for movement, repeat. Set a timer to keep on track. Movement is good for our bodies. If our back or neck has been bothering us, then moving our legs will work out those kinks. When you feel a little swollen or bloated or stuffed, the movement will move on out. Movement energizes the brain. Exhaustion doesn't. Don't push and push and push past endurance. We're not helping our bodies with such behavior. We are designed for movement, steady walking with occasional bursts of speed or energy. Adding a daily walk when we haven't been walking will at first be exhausting, but gradually the exercise gives us additional energy. We need to walk on four opportunities at a steady 30 minutes before our body resets, so we need to give this one a week or 10 days. 
The wrong diet causes brain fog and sluggish memory. Fire that brain up with sun and water and exercise, and don't dumb it down with sugar. And the so-called writer's block from diet and life-induced depression will dissipate. Diet and life-induced depression is not clinical depression, which is caused by brain chemicals misfiring. This is not doldrums. Three signs of clinical depression, and I'm not a doctor, are feeling helpless, hopeless, and worthless. These feelings never lift. If you lack the energy even to think about making changes, if you feel the shadow of doom constantly hanging, and if you think no one cares for you and nothing matters in your life, you are wrong. Please get some kind of help. You do matter. Even if I don't know you, I will tell you that you matter because you do. Everyone who is here on earth has a purpose in life. And we have a fulfilling purpose that will make us happy. We just need to find it. Remaining unchanged. The slime of stagnation. The second type of writer's inertia. Our world is one of constant change. The seasons, the days, the sky. We are also intended to change. Without it, we become stagnant. Without it, we can't shine. Some people say their writing waits on inspiration. We writers do not wait on inspiration. Inspiration waits on us. It's ready to pour out at the opportune moment. And if we aren't actively seeking it, that opportune moment for inspiration will fly right on past. Accept challenges. They help our minds to grow. Accept trials and grief. They help our souls to grow. As Clarissa Pinkola Estes says in her Women Who Run With the Wolves, without death there is no dark for the diamond to shine from. Seek out change. Writers thrive on what if. What if is all about change. Change is all about improvement. Cast the net back into the world with the little worm of what if on the end. Break the mold of the same old, same old. Write new things. Try new things. Visit museums. These are artists at work. Even when we don't like the paintings that we see, even if we can't understand what the artist is trying to convey, study the composition. Look at how the colors are put together. Look at the shapes chosen and how the shapes are placed. Is the dominant image centered or off to one side? Which side? What individual elements besides the dominant image stand out? What is placed in the foreground? What is in the background? What is off to the side, nearly hidden? Study the sculptures. Most of them will be modern. What is the artist trying to say with that shape? Why did she or he pick that form? While driving down a street, look at the buildings. How are they distinguished from the others? Is it the paint alone? Or are there differences in the brick construction? What old buildings need to be revived? What brand new buildings need to be razzed? Why? Why? Take a hike. Leave the mall and walk through a park. 
Go to a local garden store and browse through the flowers and trees and learn more than the names of the ones that appeal to you. Introduce yourself to the infinite variety of trees and shrubs and flowers, perennials and annuals. Go to a symphony or listen to one. Pick something you would not usually like. Read the liner notes before you listen. Pay attention to the musicians working together to create this music. Consider the style, the use of volume. Watch the conductor and her or his use of energy while directing. And if you've never been to a symphony before, wait for others to clap before you do. There are brief pauses between major movements in symphonic compositions. Don't applaud a movement. Only applaud the entire symphony. Go to a local theater. Stroll through a gallery. Visit a little shop. You don't have to buy. Spend 30 minutes there rather than in front of the TV or buried in your phone. Learn the names of the common birds you see. That's a cardinal, not a red bird. That's a robin hopping along, a chickadee swooping, a little wren putting all the effort in his tiny body to sing the loudest song in the backyard. Learn new things constantly. Try new things constantly. Go to new local places. Stretch out and think, why? Why is it this way? Why do I like it? Why do I not like it? How would I change it? Remember our mantra, nulla die senilinea. Remember deadlines. And now add this, writer's block doesn't exist. We can defeat it. Never say, or write, or think that two-word phrase again. Be a three-souled writer. Heed your heart's desire. Apply your gut to the work. Think through problems to defeat them. What escape do you need to plan for? What fear do you need to cast out? What change do you need to seek out? Ask these three questions and we'll get back to writing. The right focus turns its lens on every writer's secret monster, writer's block. We say the mantra writer's block doesn't exist, but something more than simple disruptions and distractions can interfere with our writing, creating insurmountable walls. The right focus in the series Defeat Writer's Block analyzes the three most common types of writer's block and offers solutions to overcome and defeat this monster looming over the writer's desk. The best solution, though, is Leo Tolstoy's mantra, No Days Without Lines, Nulla Die Sinalinea. Make that your own mantra. Information for this series comes from host M.A. Lee's guidebook, Think Like a Pro, a new advent for writers, showcasing seven lessons to change your perspective from hobby writer to pro writer. See the show notes for links. 
Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, write on.